Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. This week, I'm going to be talking about the Colby Covington comment on John Jones after his fight this past weekend with Robbie Lawler. Uh, this whole new, you know, agent situation with the NCAA and involving Rich Paul essentially. Uh, some quick kind of uh, Major League Baseball postseason predictions and then having a brief discussion on what I think is the best sports movie of all time. So stick around and enjoy. And also, if you want to share it, if you want to find out where else, you can listen to the podcast. Uh, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, um, wherever other third-party apps you use and things like that. So let's jump right into it. So this past weekend... Colby Covington defeated Robbie Lawler by a decision at uh, the past UFC fight night. And uh, John Jones had tweeted out after the fight. Um, let me pull it up on my computer real fast. Basically, he said, and I quote, Robbie just let the whole world down. And then like a sad like face emoji, end quote. And then obviously Colby Covington saw that, commented back on, you know, what John Jones said. Colby Covington said, John Jones knows, uh, we restart that, I apologize. John Jones knows firsthand about letting the whole world down. Don't talk about Robbie Lawler, John Jones. Robbie Lawler's not wrecking a Bentley with hookers in the back of his car. Robbie Lawler's not hitting a pregnant lady and then fleeing the scene with all his drugs in the car. Robbie Lawler's a, a legend. He's a family man. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so how dare John Jones talk about him when he's when he's the biggest piece of shit in all the sports? And I read that and I was very shocked. Not because of what he said or how he said it, just that he said that. Because if you are a UFC fan or you may, or for example, you may not know Colby Covington because you don't follow the UFC or MMA. He's uh not the most liked fighter. Partially, it's because his attitude. He thinks he's like, in my opinion, the greatest fighter to ever step in an octagon. That's his like his attitude that he's like the shit. I mean, he's not. I'm, he's not a bad fighter. He's a good fighter. But where he thinks he is and where he's at, in my opinion, are two different. And I say that as a fat guy on the internet. Nonetheless, that part's not important. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I found that so funny. And obviously, his whole thing where he supports Donald Trump. You know, he's very vocal about how he supports him and wears, you know, the make Make America Great Again hat and. Trump shirts and I believe he also invited some of Trump's like sons to his past fight this last weekend and they showed up and he's met the president and all that jazz but that's pretty much it he talks a lot of shit also likes Donald Trump so in all that he's number one hated enemy right now plus he claims he's making the welterweight division great again and that's a whole other conversation but his comments nonetheless on John Jones I agreed with 100% like John Jones doesn't have a right to say that he oh someone let you know he let the world down like at one point you know you were the you know you were the best fighter ever i mean he's arguably it still is but like when he was at the peak of like everyone loved him and it was like oh you're so great you know oh my you can't do anything wrong blah blah and it's like and and spot oh my god it's it's a bomb it's that's a nuke and just everything's ruined yeah i and, I, and it's funny because all the comments under that post were like wait a minute why do i why do I support this? Why do I agree with Colby Covington? That's not a thing that, like, people do for the most part. And I was like, someone, I forgot who said it was like, I still don't like him, but he makes a good point. And I'm like, you're not wrong. As if you listen to this podcast at any point in the future of when I'm recording this or you've heard this already, I'm very vocal about how much I don't like John Jones. I'm probably going to say it 800 million more times, not because I want to, just because 
if I'm talking about the UFC, he's pretty much going to be coming up at some points. That's just what it is, and I apologize to the John Jones fans because he likes someone that, in my opinion, is trash. Now, as a fighter, as a person, I'm ranting, and I apologize. Nonetheless, I was just kind of shocked because I wasn't expecting him to, like, go so hard on John Jones. I mean, it's easy to do. that He has a lot to go after, especially with the drug issue, like Kobe Covington said, with the whole crashing car with hookers in the back of his car and then hitting a pregnant lady fleeing the scene, going back to his car to get shit, and then fleeing again, and all that. It's like, and among other things, it's just weird seeing someone like him going like, yeah, this guy sucks, and everyone's like, you think, we, we, why do we agree on this? I don't like this. I'm supposed to hate you, not like you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I also missed that whole past fight night. Well, it wasn't really a fight night. It was more like a fight afternoon, because it came on during, like, middle of the day for some reason, nonetheless. So it seems like Colby Covington's gonna be getting a title shot, I'm assuming, against uh, Usman, the World Toy Champion. In, I, I think it's November they're talking about, but I don't know. Nothing's been confirmed yet. Usman and Covington also don't like each other, and after they did like a post-fight kind of interview thing with uh, Rashad Evans and I forgot the other host's name, but they had like mad security surrounding everybody and these guys were going back and forth. And Tyron Woodley, former World Toy Champion, made a good point. He's like, like I'm sorry I lost, but like this kind of sucks. Not because the fight's going to be bad, just because the lead-up to the fight's gonna suck because Covington cannot trash talk for his life. He's very good at, like, just repeating the same thing over and over, which is what he did and what he's been doing for a while. So, and, I mean, I'm not one myself for the best trash talk. I can kind of, like, I can kind of say some things, but then I take it way too far. And now it's a point where it's like, all right, you kind of, like, you you crossed the line or we're not here for that. We don't fucking like that. And I'm like, I don't really care. But I'm a bad person, apparently, so I don't know. Nonetheless... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I don't know. Or he'll face, you know, Jorge Masvidal. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, Covington loses soon. Because I'm kind of tired of seeing him walk around with a belt that's not his. You know, I think it's kind of stupid. Plus, he keeps calling the belt a Power Ranger belt. As a Power Ranger fan, I'm very offended. Because that's not. The belt would look way better if it was a Power Ranger belt. I just had to state that. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the state of the UFC right now. I haven't seen much happening. I mean, besides the whole, like, cyborg thing and Dana Way kind of deaded her coming back. He's like, no, that's it. Like, we're... That door's closed. We've tried. She obviously has made a very... Again, when I... Before I continue, I'm paraphrasing all this. That it seems like he's like, we tried to set up a fight. We tried to make this work. But she made it very clear that this isn't going to, you know, happen. And she no longer has interest in doing this. So we're going to just stop it here. We're not going to lo- no longer waste our time. She, good luck to the best of her. But she would no longer be a fighter for the UFC. It's most likely going to be, she's going to sign with like 1FC or Bellator. Bellator probably makes the most sense in my opinion. Just because the range of fighters that they have, I believe, will set up good fights for her. They have better matchups than I believe one championship will. Um, nonetheless, I gotta stop saying that. I feel like I've said that way too often and I'm not using it properly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't, I... The reason I'm saying I don't know a lot just because this whole situation with Cyborg is very just... A lot is happening so fast and it's like... I don't... Not that I... I'm not, I'm not going to go against her, but I, I mean, they feel like both sides have valid points. There are certain things that Cyborg wants that the UFC's not going to give her. And there's certain things that the UFC wants from Cyborg that she's not going to give them. So at this point, it was it was a short-lived, you know, uh, team-up after she lost to Nunez in... Very fast fashion, uh, getting knocked out within the first minute, I believe. Um, it's, yeah, it's time. So, I, you know, I, I hope the best for her. I'm obviously going to watch her fights in Bellator if she signs there, or maybe 1FC, but they're based in another country with a different time zone. 
So those are very hard to watch, but again, there's plenty of people that do watch it and are able to watch it. I'm just making excuses at this point, so. But I, I would like to know your opinion. First on the whole Cov Colby Covington thing, you know, do you agree with what he said about John Jones and do you think he kind of went too far at all? Uh, I don't believe he did, but some people may. Some people think he may have just kind of went super in on John Jones. Also, what do you think about this whole Chris Cyborg situation? You know, do you support her leaving the UFC or do you wish she would... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me today. Or do you wish she would stay and try to like do all that, but also because the chance of it happening is zero now? Where do you think she should go? Do you think she should go to Bellator? Do you think she should go to One FC or somewhere else? Let me know. And next, I'm going to be talking about this whole Rich Paul agent NCAA situation in just a second. <music> So now onto this whole Rich Paul situation. And for people who may not know, uh, Rich Paul is an NBA agent who uh, represents, you know, some kind of low talent, low kind of NBA players like uh, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, some dude named Le LeBron James. I don't know who the hell that is, but kind of a kind of a big deal. But the NCAA just changed some rules recently. Uh, they sent out a memo, uh, the other, I think, what was it, the the day of, not yesterday, the day before that. Uh, well, this goes up the 7th, so on the 5th. And let me read you this, what they said, so if you want to skip ahead, skip ahead to like a minute or two within this. So here we go. Uh, subject is the launch of the NCAA agent certification application. And it goes, any individual who desires to solicit an enrolled student athlete to enter into an agency contract or attempt to obtain employment for an individual with a professional sports team or organization or as a professional athlete triggers the NCAA definition of athlete agent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Effective August 1st, 2019, athlete agents for men's basketball student athletes must be NCAA certified in order to protect the collegiate eligibility of their athlete clients. Men's basketball student athletes who are considering careers in professional basketball but who may want to return to school are only permitted to accept permissible agent services from NCAA certified agents with a signed agent agreement. It is important to remember that a men's basketball student athlete cannot enter into an agent agreement until after his team season has concluded and the student athlete has requested an evaluation from the NBA undergrad advisory committee. The application is accessible through the agent certification system and will launch Monday, August 5th. The application will remain available through, you know, uh, September 30th. All deadlines are strictly enforced. An application process description, step-by-step -step instructions guide, and other resources are posted on the agent certification website. The end of the NCAA application will redirect to the Sterling Volunteers website for completion of the background check steps. Be prepared to provide driver's license information, details regarding your bachelor's degree, start and end dates, major college slash university name, location, and seven years of address history. The $250 non-refundable application fee will be paid to Sterling volunteers at the conclusion of the application. All, applic all, excuse me, all applicants are required to have a bachelor's degree, be in good standing with the NB. PA, which is the National Basketball Players Association, uh, have been NBPA, are certified for a minimum of three consecutive years and maintain professional liability insurance. On page two, 
Uh, the part that I have is kind of focuses on this part, exception to the three-year NBPA certification. Because all NBPA agents were permitted to represent student-athletes in the spring of 2019, the NCAA certification program implemented in August 2019 would require the agent to have been the NBPA certified for a minimum of three years. There was a possibility that an agent could have represented a student-athlete in the spring who would no longer be eligible in the fall. In response, the concerns, uh, in response to concerns expressed by agents at the NBPA agent seminar, the ECAG engaged the NCAA, way too many abbreviations here as you can tell, uh, engaged the NCAA membership and was granted the authority to provide a limited exception to agents who meet all the NCAA certification requirements other than the three-year NBPA certification requirement. An agent must have a, had a written agreement in the spring of 2019 with a student athlete who decided to return to school and provide a copy of the signed written agent agreement in order to obtain the exception. These agents should apply in the ACS as through as though, excuse me, they were eligible to be NCAA certified, but once processed and approved, will appear in a different directory than the NCAA certified agents. Oh my God! Oh, also, before I forget, agents who successfully complete the application and background check requirement will be required to take the in-person exam, currently scheduled for Wednesday, November 6th, at the NCAA National Office in Indianapolis, in Arizona, Indianapolis, Indiana. Are you shitting me? I mean, I get it. You want to, like, change your rules with all the agents, and that's fine. But you're making them go through, like, so many hoops to be like, hey, I just want to represent this guy and, you know, hopefully get him, you know, go to, have him get a good contract, get him deals, make him money, make me money, have a good life. You're like, well, you got to do this step to get to that step so then you can come back to this step and then you meet us in person so you can you basically just go fuck yourself. And the reason Rich Paul is, like, so talked about with all this, mainly because he doesn't have... A college degree you know he's someone who's kind of started this back when he was 21 when he met LeBron when he was 17 um, and has created a very successful sports agency through that and it's it's oh my god I'm just baffled how hard they're really pushing for like essentially him no longer be like a top guy and it's not gonna happen because he's gonna have these people behind him like LeBron I also missed John Wall earlier when I was mentioning him you still have Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, and Ben Simmons, and I'm sure there's going to be more. But in this article from Deadspin, let me read it real fast for you. Uh, the rule on his face does look more or less for almost any established NBA agent, um, though traveling to Indianapolis to take an exam sounds like a pain in the neck. Uh, the new rule puts Rich Paul at an obvious disadvantage when trying to represent new players. Uh, that's because Paul got started when he was 21, when he met LeBron, he was 17, never attended college. Clearly, he didn't need to become successful, but this superfluous requirement specifically works to include him from opportunities at representing any college player who's on the fence about leaving. Uh, what the rule means is that any college basketball player who's thinking about potentially going to the NBA and wants to use Paul's services will completely shut the door and return to college. In practice, that means Paul could still attract top lottery picks uh, who have likely made up their mind about the NBA before their college season ever starts. Players who are dramatically more attracted, sorry, more attached to playing at school, says his client Miles Bridges, there's no way to sign with Paul unless you're absolutely sure you want to go pro and aren't worried about a poor evaluation from the NBA's undergraduate advisory committee. Um, there's a rational interest somewhere around the idea of these rules in making sure that college kids don't get taken in and skinned by some charismatic, unqualified dude off the street, but in the making of the rules so severe, again, you have to travel to Indianapolis, Indiana, which is ridiculous. This just feels like the NCAA throwing its weight around to try and prove it can still control its workers by scoring a point off one of the game's most famous and controversial agents who doesn't have 
much recourse to fight back. NCAA can make it clear to everyone once again that this old fart organization, Deadspin's words, not mine, uh, who just won't disappear quietly in the face of inevitable change. And LeBron comes on and he's like, haha, no one cares, blah, blah, blah. Is this really going to stop Rich Paul? Probably not. I know there's, I have mentioned earlier in the podcast, not in this episode, but in previous episodes about how, you know, there are high school athletes who are forgoing usually they're one year in college or the or, or what yeah sorry i can't talk but also people call the one and done rule where you go to college for a year you play and then you go to the nba but it, some you know high school players have been skipping that going to professional leagues overseas and then eventually if things go well we'll be able to enter the draft in 2020 and years beyond you know so they can get you know paid now don't have to worry about school for a year god forbid they get injured and things don't go well then their draft stocks you know dips and then their whole projection of being this great NBA star is just trashed. So and I think with that, I think that will help Rich Paul get the athletes that still want to, you know, go to the NBA and still are at a high level. So is it going to be difficult? Sure. I don't think it's really going to affect him all that much. It'll affect definitely the other agents because now they have to go through all these hoops to be like, hey, I want to sign this guy. But it's like, you, all right, follow these nine steps and then meet us at our base and then we'll we'll see we'll be we'll think about it we'll evaluate it later it's like oh my god this is essentially like the article said it's just the ncaa just like hey well we're still the big dick in town so uh watch yourselves pal it's like relax like are, do you guys feel like you're losing that much control of what's going on like i get it you know you don't want athletes to get paid because they're student athletes and they're amateur athletes and blah 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 but you know at the end of the day what's going on payers are <laughs> payers there you go Players are still going to get paid from alumni and boosters and coaches and universities at the end of the day before they even get step foot on the campus. You know, they're going to make tons of money before they're even professional athletes. You know, they're going to they're gonna make money off their likeness somehow. You know, they're going to go to the NBA, get an agent before they graduate, and then make more money. But yet, the colleges make billions of dollars in all their sports in total, if not more, from these athletes. And they're like, no, 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 you're fine. We're giving you a place to sleep and some food and you're fine but we need to pay our bills you know i we need to go on vacation to uh you know fiji uh prague you know for like months on end and make millions billions of dollars off you excuse me and you get nothing it's like all right i i I don't know but then there's a whole thing with california and then trying to give players their chance to have make you know get a chance to have the, make money off their license and things like that so uh it's a tricky situation but i think at the end of the day like i said i don't think this will affect rich paul a whole lot um i still think he'll be successful uh with this rule and everything so but also i'd like to know your thoughts you know do you think this is going to change some of the outlook for uh, the ncaa men's basketball or even women's basketball for example or do you think this also could affect you know, future sports uh, in other men's and or women's sports as well. Next, uh, I'm going to go straight to the best sports movie conversation. Uh, lost some notes on my Major League Baseball thing, so we're going to skip that and save that for next time. All right, see you in just a second.